We are very excited about today's show. And before we begin, we got Jesse Ledoux with our product feature of the week. Jesse, tell us what you got for us. Hey, Stephen. So as our listeners likely know, we release these amazing courses that cover like A to Z every phase of the pageant industry. And our most recent course is all about pageant talent and knowing how many of our listeners and followers are all about the Miss America system and the Miss World system. We need you to hear all about it. Okay, so tell us like kind of for maybe somebody that isn't familiar with our course, is it just like a, an article, like kind of what's different about a course versus an article? And what are some of the topics that this particular course covers? So our courses take hundreds of hours for our writers, our staff, our journalists to build. And they build them by looking up experts in the industry, what advice they have to say, relevant photos, et cetera. So it's not just an article. I think that would be doing it a disservice to call it just an article. It is completely comprehensive. It covers a ton of different aspects of the topic at hand. And the best part about it is you don't have to like, you have one particular question we have a little table of contents at the top of the article. You click it and it pops right to that subsection. So if you feel like, you know, I have a pretty good grasp on pageant talent, but I have a question about this. Click, boom, you're there. That's <laughs> awesome. And then, okay, so what are some of the topics that this particular course covers? So it covers like how to pick your pageant talent, how to pick your pageant talent outfit, how to perform your best pageant talent. So it kind of covers everything from how to look how to perform. Um, I mean, one of the most popular questions I get is, okay, what if I don't have a traditional talent? What do I do? So this is a perfect starting point for anyone that thinks they might want to get involved in a system that has talent, but not really sure how to start. Yeah. And like for the music, right? I mean, that's got to be a really challenging part for the talent too. Like, do you, you don't want to pick music that's been overdone. You don't want to pick music that's like not in vogue if you're new to pageantry, right? You're like, okay, what is socially acceptable? I mean, mm -hmm. there was a video of a girl rapping in her evening gown to Eminem, lose yourself in the music for her pageant talent. So that, <laughs> okay, not really kind of pageant acceptable, whatever. But um, <laughs> so what kind of music is considered like kind of standard or um, classy like for our industry? Yeah, there's about um, 20 to 30 songs listed in this course that kind of give you a starting point. And then it goes on to say, and I'm going to spoil the perk of the article, Steve, in the course. Um, and it talks about like, okay, you have a song you love, but you want to do a lyrical dance. And a fast song doesn't necessarily work with a lyrical dance. So it kind of like piques your interest. Okay, see if there's a cover, an acoustic cover of that song that you can adapt to a lyrical style. So it's just going to start getting you thinking about how to de like differentiate yourself in ways you might not have considered before. Okay, and it, do it does like take a lot of time to do this. So is there a cost associated with this article at all? Or this completely, course? Completely free, and it's called um, Pageant Talent The Complete Guide. Yeah, and, and it is. Yeah, it is. And we've just really enhanced our search feature um so you can really find it pretty easily uh, by unlike the one that we had <laughs> like a few uh, even like last week at the time of this recording <laughs> it was brutal so this is a lot better in search and so if you just type in pageant talent or whatever it'll pop right up so awesome yep. all right well thank you jesse welcome to pageant planets podcast 
where we share stories and strategies to help expand and connect the global pageant community. Visit pageantplanet.com to find pageants, hire coaches, shop for dresses, and more. Now, here's your host, Stephen Roddy. Welcome to another episode. Today, Jesse Ledoux and myself, we are going to be talking about should you express your personal opinions on social media? Why or why not? So Jesse set the stage for us. Steven, this question came up as one of our questions of the day on Instagram, and I could not get enough of the amazing dialogue. I mean, we had people from all angles coming in. So I wanted to take it to the podcast to share all the different sides of this debate and have a healthy conversation because usually social media debates aren't always the healthiest. No, they're not, you know. <laughs> but like on the, on the surface, this is a pretty simple topic, right? It's just like yes or no, right? But then it has layers to it. I mean, and there's so a lot layers. of like real life ramifications that we're getting into that's, you know, even beyond maybe winning the crown, which we're going to mm-hmm. dive into. So um, you kind of set the stage as like what we're going to do. How do you want to start off this episode? Well, I want to say that this is a relevant topic because even for systems that are not heavily hot topic based, often like on stage questions are geared in this direction to be like a final test of poise and ability to express yourself eloquently. Or, um, uh, Steve, I think you can agree with me here, not to name names, <laughs> but I think certain systems do use this tactic to grab ratings. Yeah. And in some ways, I think they're kind of hoping for like a YouTube moment to go viral. I'm sure they would never say that they're doing it that for that reason, but it probably is something that pushes them to have those hot topic questions. Yeah, I mean, politicians do the same thing. They kind of shock and awe is what the Donald Trump strategy was, and he got a lot of free publicity out of it, right? Because nobody knew what he was going to say. And pageants, you know, especially the, the, the larger pageants, if they can shock and awe by a girl stumbling over her answer or shock and awe by asking a controversial question and either way that she answers it, she's going to get like pretty much crucified by one side or the other. Yeah. By one side or the other. Um, Either way they get that free publicity, which helps lift their pageant um, like up to a week after, you Mm -hmm. know, so there are a lot of, (laughs) a lot of angles with that. Well, and as a result, pageant contestants on like all aspects of the industry are expected to be in the know on current events and have eloquent opinions prepared. That doesn't mean all do, but it is the expectation from a non-pageant person perspective. So I broke this this podcast down by the people that were for, people were against people posting opinions on social media, and then kind of like the in-betweens. And we'll talk about some um, relevant uh, topics kind of in between. So we'll go from there. So the first, the four. So I kind of pulled a couple examples. Steven, do you want to give the first example of someone who is for title holders giving their opinions on social media? Yeah, I love this girl's handle. Um, it's called She Got Ways. And she says, the four, she says, I do. Um, and I think the reason we are asked political questions in interview is to see who's up to date on current events and who can express their opinions gracefully. Why encourage pageant contestants to be knowledgeable about politics and current events and then ask them to keep the opinion to themselves? I believe in free speech, even in something like a pageant system. Mm. Well, I think this brings up a great point. Is free speech protected when you are representing a company? And by protected, I mean, like, are you free from consequence? I would say no, whether it's like just open and in there, like bylaws 
or if it's something that's more quiet, you know, um, mm-hmm. like within the company. I don't know what the laws are around it, but I know that like for us, I mean, there's nothing in like if you work for pageant planet, there's nothing to say that you cannot roast pageant planet on social media. Like you don't sign an agreement or anything like that. Like, <clears throat> so if you did disagree with like one of my actions or a company action, you could go on social media and roast us um, and still like draw a paycheck. But I'll say that the people that have worked for us and then they no longer do. And then like, they're just a few weeks out like from after working for us. And then they start to roast us that, I mean, that tings me as a, as a business owner, right? Cause I'm like, you know, the heartbeat of our company, like that's not like who we are. So I could understand why business owners do take that more like to heart. And especially if that person wants to come back around a few weeks later, even after that for like a potential partnership or a favor. It's like, no, Mm -hmm. (laughs) absolutely not. You know, so I could totally see that perspective because we're all humans. Well, there's a, a current event, well, I shouldn't say it's current. It was several years ago that this was a really hot topic, but it was Hobby Lobby as a company chose not to fund uh, birth control for their employees. So I'm going to use that as like an example of where we're going to go yeah. um, for this argument. But so say you were an employee for Hobby Lobby, this happened and you spoke out against it. Now, my question to you, Stephen, and I think our listeners would love to know the answer too, or your opinion of your answer, is like, is it a right or a privilege like to be employed by that company? And if you don't agree, like, do you think like if you spoke out about against your company, like what should be the ramification? Do, should, do they have do they have grounds to fire you if they if you openly disagree with them? Yeah. So I feel like it's a privilege to work for a company. And this is me speaking from the perspective of a business owner. And uh, for our international uh, audience, you might not have a Hobby Lobby. It's like mm. basically the Walmart of crafts. Uh, of it's crafts amazing. Support. Yeah. Big it, fan over here. Yeah. And they're heavily Christian based. Um, so and they actually the, the founders like live right here in Massachusetts and they fund like the Bible College, which is like right down the street from my house. So oh, wow. fun fact. Um, You're full of fun facts. <laughs> so... It is a privilege to work for a company, in my opinion. And the reason is, like, you can choose to work anywhere in the world that you want. So if you don't like working for that company, you can simply quit and go work for something else. Or, you know, if you live in America, you can just start your own thing, right? Or many other countries in the world. It's just that easy. So um, I do think that it's a privilege. And I think that it should also be the privilege of the business owner to say, if you're publicly, like, blasting me on social media people are going to take that employee's word as more credible because they're drawing a paycheck and they're speaking out against your company. So it's like negative publicity and it counteracts like what I as a business owner would say, right? So if a business Mm -hmm. owner says pageant plan, or I'm sorry, if an employee says pageant plan is unethical, ABC, and this is why I believe that. And then me as the business owner says, no, we are ethical because of X, Y, Z, the public, the public is going to say, yeah, but why is Jill, who's getting a paycheck from you, saying that you're unethical? So it cuts my legs out from under me to really speak positively and about what I feel is really going on within my organization. So that's why mm-hmm. I feel like it should be in the business's, business owner's right to let go of that employee if they speak negatively against them. Because if that employee is powerful enough and they have a strong enough message, whatever, they could... Yeah, I mean, hurt my feelings, which is one thing. But the bigger issue is, you know, we've got like 
20 plus people, not including tech team, like accountants, attorneys, whatever, that work for Pageant Planet. So if this one employee like is able to pretty much bring down the company, you're not just affecting Steven. You're affecting all the employees and the tech teams and all that stuff that also rely on Pageant Planet to you know keep their lights on and keep food on the table. Well, and I've been hearing a lot about employers, potential employers, and like colleges, if someone's trying to apply for a college, start saying that they're checking candidates' social media accounts. Hmm. So even more reason um, that even though you are protected for your free speech, they're, you're not free from ramification. Because if they see something they don't like, you might not get called for that interview. Yeah. And you know, at the same time, it is in our, you know, speaking of pageant planet, it is in our... Um, core values or or company values to like be authentically you you know Mm -hmm. it's like i want to know pushback but if you got pushback on something that you don't like come to the group because we have that space to do it um so i i do and i think that's really well put what you said that you're you have freedom of speech but you're not free from consequences Mm -hmm. yeah the old pageant days, they never leave you. Like that. Okay, so let's go into our second person that was for sharing sharing opinions on social media. Okay. Um, this is Sydney.park08. She said 100%. 100%. 100%. We cannot ignore the reach that political issues have into our lives. It's extraordinary, extraordinarily important that we learn how to vocalize, defend, and support our own political stance, especially in a political system that is built on the free exchange of ideas. However, I do believe these views should be shared tactfully and with an understanding of your audience. So I think there's a very key word here, Stephen. Do you want to guess? Because you know me well. Yeah. What do you think I think is the key word in this statement? Starts with a T. Tactfully. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So usually people who are getting in trouble for going too far on social media aren't being sensitive to both sides, but just like they go hard against one. Like no one ever on social media was like, oh, um, I'm going to use this derogatory term, but like I can totally, and then they follow it with, oh, I can totally see how it is offensive. (laughs) And then they get in trouble for it, right? Like if you see, if you acknowledge both sides of the argument, nine times out of 10, someone like, okay, well, like they don't agree with me, but they still get where I'm coming from. And that makes all the difference in the world. Right. And, you know, my my personal, gosh, do I want to put my personal opinion here? Or do you want me to wait? Oh, give it up. All right. So my personal opinion is like in a pub, in a social setting, like we had a dinner last night um, for a nonprofit organization. We were out there and people were sharing some views. Yeah, I didn't necessarily agree with their views, but I didn't counteract and insert my views. The reason was they never asked. They mm. just were talking about their views. So I'm like, okay. They're not looking for my feedback. They're just looking to share what their views are. So I'm like, all right. So there's no reason for me to say my views. They didn't ask. They don't care. And even if I did say it, you know, it's not necessarily going to change their mind. Right. Because it doesn't necessarily point that they're open. So that's just my two cents. And that's why it gets so dangerous on social media. Because yes, it is a place for dialogue. But one, you really don't know how someone's saying something. And two, like, and then many people get cranky on social media, Stephen. I'm sure you've seen this. Well, if you don't like what I'm saying, don't come on my page. <laughs> but like, but so you want to you want to talk, but you don't want two way com- conversation. And that's that's what I think where people get into trouble is yeah. they don't want the dialogue. They just want to use their own microphone to say what their piece, and then they don't want to engage further. And that's 
that's contestants can really get into trouble in that sense. Yeah, you. I've seen you navigate the the sharky waters that Pageant Planet sometimes get, gets into, um, like, and so and, and comment and <laughs> like take the energy out. You're very good. You're very good about saying, "Well, I can see." And people are like, "You're biased. You work for the company." You're like, "It's true. I do, but I also have a different <laughs> perspective because I do work for the company." You know, so uh, you're so good at, at doing like. The, the back and forth it's awesome well let me let me say real quick before we get into the against because you just made me remember like a tool that i give all of my clients mm-hmm. and it's what i call the hot topic matrix so if you are listening and you're like oh my gosh how do i acknowledge both sides here are the four four and a half steps i would suggest so you pick a topic you write down why someone would be for it why someone would be against it your opinion, and then a story specific or example that backs up your why you think the way you think. And that's how you can navigate hard questions like this. Okay, here's what people here's what people are for, here's what people are against, here's what I think, and here's why I think what I think. Again, and then you touch both sides, you're safe, everyone feels heard and understood, and you still back up your opinion. Boom. Yeah. Love that matrix. And why you were saying, I'm like, oh my gosh, this just does not rep- um like this whole topic isn't just you starting the conversation. You know, mm-hmm. this like expressing your opinion or not, it's also in the comment section below somebody else's. Exactly. You know, who posts because yeah. that is equally uh, important because I mean, on Facebook, if you comment on something and I follow you, it pops up in my feed. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's like I know and I can see it. And if your director <laughs> follows you or your employer follows you and they happen to be on Facebook, people find that stuff all the time. Well, I think there was a Bachelor contestant. I think the guy that won actually, he was under fire during the season because he was commenting or liking a bunch of like hyper conservative posts, um, some of which may have had some derogatory terms in them. Um, and it was just because he was like, he didn't even comment. He was just like liking and following along. So you just have to be very careful. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's, okay. let's dive into the against the against. So underscore Paris Morris said, I don't think so. A title holder is a representative of her area and needs to be a queen for everyone. Politics can be a touchy subject and you don't want to upset people that you are representing. Be firm in your beliefs, values, and who you are, but don't directly come out and support or bash a certain political figure. Okay. Mm. You want me to go? Yep. Into, into yeah. Yeah. Let's go. One? Let's go ahead with the next one too. Okay. Miss, uh, Ms. U.S. World, um, as a title holder, it is important to remember you represent all people. It is hard not to create barriers when expressing your political opinion, even if you're doing so respectfully. Stephen, let me ask this. Because there is such a wave of uh, transparent title holders who are like totally open with who they are, do you think a title holder that doesn't express their beliefs makes them less relatable as a title holder? I don't. Um, like uh, me as a human, I don't necessarily express my political beliefs on social media. And I don't find that when people meet me, they're like, oh, you're so unrelatable. <laughs> you don't express your opinions on social media, right? I feel like it's it's actually kind of the opposite, that if you are aggressive in expressing your opinions on social media, people get a preconceived idea of you. I mean, they're going to, regardless of what you post, right? We've talked about this before in previous episodes, like what you post is kind of your brand. Um, and so if you're posting things like that are highly opinionated, then I'm going to get, um, the stereotype of you that you're argumentative. So when I meet you in person, 
it's like, oh, all right, uh, <laughs> kind of tread carefully here. Don't talk about anything because she's going to be extremely, he or she's going to be extremely vocal about it. So again, to re- recap, I don't think that uh, by not expressing your beliefs that that makes you less reliable as a title holder. Right. What do you think? I think it's true too, because so much of our first impressions now are digital and I've kind of already like alluded to this too, but this, this communication in writing is so difficult. Like if someone says, um, I disagree with X, Y, Z, you may be like, oh, I disagree as X, Y, Z, but they might've just said it like, yeah, I disagree with that. Yeah. Like they might not have been like hype about it. It just could have been very, very casual, but like, oh, I don't like how they disagreed. They disagreed with me. It wasn't right. Like they came at me yeah. and that happens all the time. Yeah. Like Steven, you and I have text conversations where I'll call him like, Hey, like before I jump to a conclusion, what was your tone on that message? <laughs> and it's like, it was, it's genuine, like, because we know that this can happen all of the time. So it's, it's more about like, you never know what's behind the curtain and then when you meet them, you're like, like you said, oh my gosh, I find this person is way friendlier, way more understanding, way more malleable in their opinions, et cetera, than I expected because of this one exchange I had with them. Yeah. And I think you're a lot more relatable if you just post something that's like woman power, right? Or an inspirational. It's like people, because the other person, when they're reading it, they feel uplifted. Like it's always relatable when you are aiming to serve someone mm. else and make their life better, it's more relatable because you're making them feel better about themselves. So they naturally have a higher opinion of you in that moment. So you're saying something that I don't think we've touched on yet. And someone on the comments did, and I didn't, I didn't pull that comment, unfortunately, but it, like, instead of kind of saying a comment directly on a theme, a topic, you're giving the theme. So like, okay, you might be for, um, equal rights for all people. Okay, it's a lot harder to come out and say, like, here's the reasons why. I mean, of course, like, I mean, I shouldn't say that because equal rights for all people is fundamental to me. That's my opinion. Um, But if you're able to come out and then just post an uplifting quote or a quote about empowering each other, okay, you're giving your belief on that that overall theme, but not necessarily getting political with it. Does that make sense? Did I summarize that? Okay. Yeah, that was good. That was good. Well, and the person on the comment said like, people will kind of get where you're coming from, whether you post about it or not, which is fair. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, or you're able to move conversation when you keep in the positive. Cause have you ever noticed that when somebody goes negative, goes dark on, on social media, there's no, like, there's no pulling it out. Like, so when, uh, we had some controversy, it was last week. I mean, somebody posted something, it was just like flat out not true. Um, mm-hmm. And then it went kind of viral in a private group. And then people were like screenshots and sending it to like directors <laughs> and advertisers. And it was like, it was, it was like a hot mess. And really it was, you know, it doesn't matter. So <laughs> I won't go into details, but still, still fresh. Still fresh. Y- yeah. Well, and it's like, there's no way to really like briefly sum it up so if you if you know or if you've seen it you know what i'm talking about but the um the thing is so i went back in a thread and there was like 30 plus like negative comments and just people like you know speaking negatively about a brand and i was talking back to each one replying um to each one and you know there were a few people in the thread it's like they weren't getting like what i was trying to do i'm like okay here's the situation here's the facts whatever and whatever I'd say, they would pick out like a word or two or they're in like mm-hmm. say I had a, a bad attitude or whatever. And so they would like rebut. And um, 
there's a point like, okay, I, I look through that. I'm like, okay, I've pretty much done as much like explaining as I, I got as far as I'm going to get in this. Like there's no pulling that out and making that post a hundred percent positive because the, the context of what it was started was argumentative, right? It wasn't mm-hmm. necessarily looking for a result. Now the woman that started it was fine, but it was just other people kind of jumping on her side, which, you know, that's what friends do. And I, I get that. But like, there's a time where you just have to pull yourself out and you're like, all right, we're, we're, we've got about as far as we're going to get here. So I just need to remove myself from the situation now. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and that's just is what it is. And you just kind of have to sense that if you ever do find yourself getting pulled into a social media debate. Yeah. Oh yeah. Even in my group texts when think, cause I'm, I'm a woman. I have a lot of female group texts of a lot of people on them. Even when things that he did, I'm like, okay, I'm tapping out. Like yeah. I hit a moment where I'm just like, you know what? I just got to take a break. And don't be afraid to do that in social media and in life. Sometimes you just have to remove yourself. But, yeah. um, okay, so we've heard the for, we've heard the against. And then I think several of you listening probably um, are in the in-between. So, Stephen, let's hear um, our in-between example. All right, this is our Switzerland approach. And it goes mm. to, <laughs> no offense if you are from Switzerland <laughs> listening. I know we have a few. Um, what, is it, what is it a problem being in Switzerland? I don't mind being in Switzerland Yeah, it's just, it's just neutral zone. I, I don't know if, like, for us, it's fine. There's nothing no meant by it. But, like, if somebody lives in Switzerland, I don't know because I've never been to Switzerland. Is it like a term where it's like, everybody thinks we're so neutral. <laughs> like, I don't know. We have opinions. Yeah, we yeah. have opinions. Um, <laughs> okay, so this comes from F- Frankie uh, Kocher. Kocher. K-O-O-T-C-H-E-R. She said, I don't believe there is a right or wrong answer to this. Any title holder that wants to share the opinions should have the freedom to do so, but they should, shouldn't should feel the pressure to. On the other hand, many young people look up to title holders and their views may sway others' opinions. So overall, it should be up to the title holder whether they like, um, whether they feel like they want to or should do so. Okay. So a perfect moderate representation of everything we've discussed so far. Yeah. I mean, and that's just like using using wisdom, filling out the situation as it is case by case. What would have made this a perfect answer, though, in pageant land is you did the first two parts of the matrix. And then let's remember your opinion comes next and then you back up your opinion. So, Frankie, answer the question perfectly. So nothing against Frankie at all. But if you're asked this question in an interview, you want to see both sides and then, of course, finish with how you really believe. So, um, okay, so we've heard the for, we've heard the against, we've heard the neutral. So I want to roll that right into the summary, Stephen, unless you have anything else to add. Nope, go right ahead. Okay, so in summary, my greatest advice is to direct discuss this with your director. And we already said, like, it's a privilege to be a title holder or an employee. And your staff represents more than just you. Like, it represents a staff, usually an area. If you want to be outspoken and share your beliefs, like, be transparent with your organization and discuss the best and most appropriate ways for you to do so. They might say, okay, I really don't want you to use social media, but let's set up a press conference or an interview with a local newspaper for you to do so. Something a little more controlled. But be prepared to discuss the issues and absolutely be an authority in your platform specifically. Most pageants would love a representative that could hold their own in a CNN interview, but most could do without a contestant who gets in two-dimensional battles online in writing. So I think it's less that you have an ex- at less that you have and express opinions, and the more the context and how it's done. Mm, 
And thank you for listening. And if you've received any benefit from this show or for ones previous, please consider giving us a five-star review. It might seem like a small action, but it really does help us keep the show going. Want to become a part of pageant history? Create a free contestant or business profile on pageantplanet.com to unlock hidden features and connect with other experts throughout the world.